Okay, so we are live, and I am so excited today to be bringing you an awesome female entrepreneur, but I'm going to let her tell you about her journey. And um, her name is Deborah, and she has such an awesome story. So for those of you who know me, uh, welcome back to our podcast with Mondays with awesome female entrepreneurs, right? And uh, for those of you who do not know me, because I know we're streaming everywhere, I am Marsha Lynn Hudson, and I love working and talking to entrepreneurs. So today we have Deborah. She was an educator, but it's like I say, we're always an educator. But she uh, took the leap and uh, decided to go full-time in her own business. So we're so happy to have her. She's uh, streaming from West Africa. Is that wonderful or what? So joining me in welcoming her, and we will let her introduce herself and kind of tell us a little bit about her journey from the classroom to where she is now. So welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much, uh, Marsha. This is such a pleasure and a great honor to be um, here talking and sharing my story with you all. And so it's pretty exciting. So I really appreciate it. So to everyone, I'm Deborah. My name is Deborah Oshomal, and I am, yes, from Nigeria and West Africa. However, my family is pretty diverse. We live all over the world, and that's why I don't have an accent, number one. And then number two, <laughs> I am a teacher career coach at the moment. I am a full-time entrepreneur, and what I do is I support K-12 educators, um, develop their career paths. I also help those who are in the classroom, but more specifically, I help a lot of educators who want to build their own education-based businesses and also jump into multiple streams of income as well. So I help them to support that structure and get it running, get it set up so that they can move forward with their dreams and passions like I did um, when I left the classroom. So that's a little bit about what I do. Um, and I know that you guys are probably like wondering, how did I come from the classroom to entrepreneur and all of that? To be very honest, I never thought that I would jump into entrepreneurship like ever in my life. My biggest dream and goal was to get my PhD and then after that become a curriculum developer and just like stay in education in that sense forever and ever. But um, actually that was a dream that was built off in college. My biggest desire before I entered into college was to have nothing to do with education. Um, for those of them that know me, they know that my family, a, a little bit of my family is invested in education. My mom, for example, owns her own school here in Nigeria. And so I kind of grew up in that environment ever since I was four. So I've been in the school system in that way, knowing the leadership side, knowing the student side of it, and having to experience all of that. So I definitely wanted a change in my life when I got to college. I wanted to do something completely different that had nothing to do with education. Um, but God has a sense of humor. <laughs> and yes. I am a Christian. <laughs> I am a believer. And so I got into college with a passion to pursue international relations. But everyone that I met, uh, the friends that I made, teacher. And I'm like, no, that is, I'm never doing that. Um, I don't want to do everything that my mom did. You know, I want to be separate. But I found myself second semester freshman year sitting in a law class and just wondering, like, what am I doing here? I was so bored. I was just like staring at the professor and I was like, 
where is my life going? And I just took that entire one and a half hour class to think about my life. And as soon as that class was over, I headed straight to my um, registrar's office and changed my uh, focus and uh, degree to education. And I did it without telling anybody in my family. And normally, if you're from West Africa, you know, anyone who is, you know, an African or anything like that, you know, that you don't actually make those kinds of big decisions on your own. You have to like talk to your parents and stuff. Um, but I was like, no, you know, I didn't want anybody to stop me from making my decision. And I just kind of made it. Um, and I knew that when I stepped into that education building, I felt at peace. I felt like I was home. I finally felt like, okay, I am where I'm supposed to be. And this is God leading me. So I know he's going to take me where I'm supposed to go. And that was just the beginning of my journey. You know, I always knew that I, I had a bigger vision and a bigger hunger within education. Um, as much as I love the classroom, even till today, I follow a lot of my um, uh, classmates, friends, um, other educators who are in the classroom. I hunger for the classroom sometimes. I love everything about the classroom, but I knew that I had bigger passions and things that I, I can't possibly do if I'm in the classroom. And so I had to make a sacrifice when I um, graduated college and had, you know, some experience in the classroom. I decided to go off and get my master's degree. And through that experience, I got to see education in another perspective. I got to work with um, educators who are not in the classroom anymore, but are out there doing the research. I got to talk with people who were um, making policy changes and, and being activists for things that are, are necessary, basically, and needed in education that nobody really talks about. And that's what really fired up my desire to help uh, teachers because I was there. I was there as a teacher in a very low income school that had a toxic environment, working environment. Um, and that was not exactly the best place to be, not because of the people, I don't think so, um, mostly because of just the culture, you know, the culture that has been built into um, some school structures that needs to be changed and the lack of maybe provision or uh, financial support that educators and teachers need, but most especially like the actual teacher development <laughs> that is needed that usually isn't provided. And so um, that really fired up my desire to help teachers outside of the strains of like uh, policies and things like that, something that they could access on their own if need be, um, and that schools and districts could access, you know, for their teachers so that it can be something that people can still receive regardless of whatever, you know, as much as possible. And that's kind of what hungered my desire to help and support educators. And yeah, that's what kind of got me to where I am today, leading my own business and supporting educators as best as I can. I love that. And I love how you say, you know, you had a hunger and you had a bigger uh, dream. And sometimes when we are in a certain space, because, you know, I'm an educator, too, um, there's just there's just so much we could do and as far as we can go. But being an entrepreneur, there's just no limits to it. And uh, I love how you said that. And I know from certain cultures, we can't make decisions by ourselves. We have to have a whole family. Everybody has to get their opinion. And I get how doing something that maybe somebody else wants 
and thinking this is not what I want. I get that because my older sister was like that with me. You should do this. And I did it for a while until I decided that that's not what I want to do. Uh, so I love that. So let me ask you about, because we uh, we have it's the, the CEO of Ms. Jenkins on here. Welcome. And we are going to have some other people. And if you have a question, you can ask Deborah. But I did want to ask you this. Um, when you decided to um, leave the, you were in the classroom, right? Did you work in the classroom? Yeah. When you decided to leave the classroom and, and uh, you started your own business and now you're full-time, how long have you been doing uh, your full-time business? So it would be about three years, a little wow. over three years now. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. That is great. Yeah. Do, you, do you travel or you can mainly do everything virtually? I can mainly do everything virtually. So I could. Was that your question? <laughs> uh, okay. Tell me again because you were streaming. Now, well, you can, have, oh, okay. you, you can say you can do everything virtually and what happened? Yes. Oh, okay. So I was saying basically I could do everything virtually if I wanted to. Like I, I don't necessarily yeah. need any outside of physical support for it. So when you say you are a co coach now and for teachers, you how do you find your clients? How do you find the teachers or the educators who need what you offer? Honestly, it has been an uphill climb in an, in a in a way. I, I don't know whether that would be the best way to explain it. Um, to be honest, there are teachers everywhere. And then starting from there, there are teachers that always desire and hunger to do something to add to the classroom, but just have never been given that space to actually think through it or process it or um, see clearly how they can engage with that you know, particular path. So it, it has always just been about giving teachers that platform to say that okay, it's okay to think about the different things that I want to add to, to this beautiful you know, um, education industry. It's okay to pursue that and also giving educators the opportunity to have ideas and build those ideas and make them actual reality. And so um, giving teachers a voice by providing solutions for them, for example, providing outlets like my platforms where I would post information that can connect with them, providing opportunities for them to join my free community. I do have a free community on Facebook, mostly email, um, because that is much more of a place where educators can get quick information. Uh, but I do have a community hub. And then, you know, also my paid programs where they can come and actually access the information that can help them implement whatever it is that they want to do. So just first off, giving them that hand and saying, hey, here's the help, here's the support that you've been looking for. And you have the opportunity and you you have the right to like think of and build off ways to be progressive with your profession whether you want to do it in the classroom space whether you want to do it outside of the classroom space or whether you want to do both like that is okay and that should be okay for everyone and there is no constraint to what you can do within education i always like to say education is a very versatile career path because it is by the time you enter into the classroom you're a super multitasker even though some people don't necessarily agree that 
that term should exist, but that's what teachers do. We wear multiple hats. We're the caregiver, we're the teacher, we're the mom, we're, we're the brilliant scientist, you know, we're the mathematician, we're everything sometimes. And that is a gift. It's not natural for everyone to have that. There are just certain people that are blessed with that talent and those are teachers. And it doesn't come easy, but neither is it something that should be wasted or, um, you know, solutions not be provided for, should I say outlets be provided for, for it to be climaxed in the education space more specifically so that those gifts and those talents could be continuously built up and used in various different ways um, that can help our kids at the end of the day. So right, it's just, right. you know, bringing that together for educators to be able to access. Yeah, we, are, we have to be everything. And I've been in the classroom like 30 years and I'm telling you, it's like I started out uh, when I first got out of college at a Christian private school. And I stayed there 13 years and then I went and got my master's. And I've been at the college arena as a professor over 20 something years. I'm like, oh my goodness, but I've had to be everything, like you said. Um, now, you did mention your Facebook group. I want to put it in the chat. And you're, um, you have an uh, open community and you have a paid community. Tell us about those. Yeah, oh, let oh, me know okay. that. Put it in the chat. What's the Facebook? Uh, so you said it's a Facebook group? Yes. Well, I can actually send you the link if you want me to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, want to join your Facebook group or something like that. But tell me, yeah, put that in the link. But I do want to ask you, what is your favorite part of being a full-time entrepreneur? Well, <laughs> honestly, it is the, it is the freedom, you know, to have my own schedule, to build my own schedule. I don't think I can fully flexibly go back to not owning my schedule per se. Um, and I know that kind of sounds a little bit selfish. <laughs> no, I but, love that. I, mean, I love not <laughs> I could not go back to somebody telling me what to do, especially you've been doing it. Oh, I, I don't know how you could go back to that. So that's, that's kind of what has been the best part. And I think it fell in, you know, really nicely. It didn't come together nicely, if I'm going to be very honest. It was a very rough start. And it wasn't something that I thought was going to be what it is today and what I believe it can continuously be even after today, next year, whatever. But, I mean, it is something that I am thankful for. Um, the opportunity to build my own schedule out, the opportunity to structure something without the constraints and restraints of policies and things like that, that are usually, you know, limiting a lot of creativity in the education space, to be very honest. But most importantly, the free access, access sorry, my bad, access that it gives to educators because educators from all over the world can connect with me and be provided the support that they are looking for. I've had educators from Singapore, India, um, the UK, you know, US, uh, Nigeria, so many others, I mean, more than 10 maybe connect with me just because of how much they've been looking for support like this. Um, and it's just been really fantastic to know that something um, that can be, you know, within the education community can bring people together from all parts of the world. Because if, if you haven't really taught internationally, and, and I have for a bit, so 
you wouldn't really understand the differences that exist within education, but there are, there are so many and it's very distinct. And so to have something that unifies teachers like that, for them to feel like, oh, I don't have to be educated in the U.S. to be able to access this, or I don't have to be a U.S. citizen or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, do you understand the kind of education that we have here? And thankfully, I do. <laughs> thankfully, I, thankfully, I'm blessed with, with the ability to have had, you know, um, education uh, exposure, both as a teacher and a student in, like, the eastern part of the world and the western part of the world so i kind of i know how education works on both ends and so it's wow. really refreshing for educators to be able to access that so just being able to provide that i mean that is an awesome part of this job and it's just really i'm just really thankful for that wow you're providing such an awesome space because as i move into a new chapter uh, of, of working with educators. I got some plans for, you know, the rest of this year and next year that I'm going to be moving to a new chapter. And I'm developing a, um, a program. And, and and what you were talking about is you, you having this space and teachers are so excited that they have a place to go. And, you know, and the one that I'm working on, I've been in education a long time and I've loved it. I've loved teaching. I love being in the college. I've loved, loved, loved it. I want to teach educators that this is where you want to stay, how to love it, you know, uh, because some people are getting burned out and they want to do other things. But if this is where you want to stay, how you how, uh, how to love it in my program, I want to talk more about self-care because we tend to let that go. And I want to talk more about the emotional state of a teacher. Because like you say, we got to be everything. And sometimes it's not just the students, it's the administration and other things that are coming on as a parent. And so my program is going to be geared toward the, the instructor and the inner part, you know, the, the mm -hmm. mental, the physical, taking self-care more so than um, teaching how to, you know, how to teach online because I teach online and things like that. So I'm excited uh, about that. But um, I did want to ask you this for the business owners who are going to be listening and they're like, oh my God, I really want to do that. It, it may not be in the education space, but I really want to take my side hustle and make it a full time and maybe, uh, you know, um, retire early. And, and I talked to, talk to side hustlers, entrepreneurs every week, you know, I'm teaching them mm -hmm. every week. And they want that financial freedom. They want that financial, that time freedom. And they want to have their own business and live their passion, but we have to pay our bills, right? And what would you say? I know we have to pay our bills. What would you say to somebody? And I always tell my side hustlers, keep your day job until you save a little money, until you, you know, look at your look at your business model, until you see, you know, where it's gonna go, get your cushion there. But what would you tell women who are, they're listening and they're working and they awesome and they want to be awesome at what they really love. Like you said, hunger, they want to live out their passion. What would you tell them is if they want to start a business or take their business to the next level, or even a lot of people want to do it full time. What kind of advice did you give for them? business is not a destination it's a journey if you don't think about business as a journey you will get frustrated a lot and there will be a lot of times where you feel immense burnout and feel like quitting and might actually quit because of the way that you think about business it's 
it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of a guessing game sometimes. I mean, there are some businesses that you know that, okay, there's probably more than a 60% chance it's going to be, you know, very profitable, but you never really know until you try in business and you have to go all in. You can't be, you know, one foot in, one foot out. Right. That can't be your mentality either. You have to be all in or you have to be all out. <laughs> and if you're all out, it doesn't mean that you can't still play a part. I mean, you can invest in somebody's business and still play that investor part. But I mean, when it comes to business, you definitely have to invest more than money. You have to invest time. You have to invest yourself. And sometimes that may even feel like it's not enough, but it's it's where it's what keeps the journey going, to be very honest. So that would be my first advice, like change your mentality. Um, my second advice would be what you said. You know, I truly honestly believe that you need to be in a financially comfortable or at least sustainable position to start your business and to run it um, in a way that is effective until you can fully be supported by it. I will not advise someone to leave their nine to five if they can't afford to live without the nine to five. Um, I mean, there are people who go to the extreme and, you know, completely quit the nine to five um, and would rather like work, a, um, you know, a lower paying job, like maybe, you know, working coffee barista in Starbucks or whatever to make ends meet. And if you have the time, if you want to go do that, I mean, my coach did that and I think she's awesome and brilliant for it. I mean, she had a high stakes paying job and she quit because it was giving her anxiety and stuff like that. So if your nine to five is actually causing you mental and emotional <laughs> health damage, then yeah. yeah, I would not advise for you to stay. But if it's not, if it's something that you can sustain, then definitely see how long you can until your business is just, you know, sustainable enough to keep you going. And then my third, you know, um, my third piece of advice would be to have a community that is supporting you. It's so important what your PLN are. And if you don't know what that is, that is your like personal learning network. A PLN can be a resource. It can be a person. It can be a group of people doing the same thing, doing what you want to do maybe, or like new entrepreneurs who are starting the journey together and you can support each other. Or it can be having a coach, you know, someone you can always talk to and come to for, you know, support. It can be your family members if they can be that for you. But like just having that community that is going to be supportive. Because I cannot tell you how many times I went to my siblings and cried and said I was going to quit right. because my because my, <laughs> my business was like not going the way I thought it was supposed to go. And there were so many times like my, you know, my dad would have to talk me back into it. And he's a business, you know, he owns his own business himself. So I kind of have that gene. Um, but, you know, there are so many times I got into that place and it's really nice to have people that will support your dream and vision and will talk to you and tell you how brilliant it is, that it's needed, that it's necessary, that we'll see what you saw when you started it to keep you going. And most importantly, I will say this, if you're a Christian or not, God is there. 
God is there. God is your number one support system right. and he will always be there. He is the number one for me. And honestly, I don't know where I would be without him. So I know <laughs> I feel the same. You say I never leave you forsake you. I know. I know my business. I know my business wouldn't be as successful. I, I sent an email this morning. I was like, don't forget why you started this, but I get it. And I tell people, surround yourself around people who will support you. I've been there, done that. I've never worked a nine to five. And, you know, teaching at the college, I may teach a class, two classes. I taught two classes today and I'm done. Tomorrow I may teach one class. So I never had to go nine to five, but I do know about side hustle and I've always done it. I got, I guess I got that gene too. My dad um, built houses and uh, it's just a lot of entrepreneurs in our family. But I, you're right by having someone to support you. I started this in 2015 when I woke up and told my husband, I was like, I think I'm going to teach social media. And I went and learned and got certified and everything. But I remember going and speak and i was like all excited and i had prepared for it and um they were paying me i was like oh my god i got pinky and i showed up and they're like three people right i'm like what i prepared all of this for three people and, it, and i told my girlfriend i was like really i came back i'm so i was like i'm quitting this is not for me and i was like you know what it's, it's not even three people it was two because one came with the check and you can't even count that person <laughs> so you don't even count that person it was two and I was like, this not this social media thing not for me. I did all this preparation. She said, Marsha, I'm so glad. This was some years ago. She said, Marsha, it was two today. I said, no, she said it was three today. I say two. Don't count the lady with the check. She said, okay, it was two today. She said, but one day it's going to be 10, and one day it's going to be 20, and one day it's going to be 100. And I never forget that. And her name's Brandy. And well, I remember one time going to speak and it was 166 people. And then I could tell about the story of the two and when I wanted to, <laughs> to quit. And we do want to quit sometimes. But here it is. That was 2015, seven years later. And then, you know, and God is just blessing and blessing. And I, and I think it's because we serve and we give. The more you give and the more you serve and the more you help others, God gives it back. Of course, we got to get paid because we have bills, but we serve and we give. And we do that a lot on Clubhouse and, of course, in other ways. And God just blesses us. And so I just want to thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. I'm so thank glad you. I met you on Clubhouse. I've only been on there yeah. for five and a half months, but I have met some <laughs> awesome, awesome people. And as we get ready to close, um, and I'm just so excited, excited about the things that we got going on for the summer. Tell us mm -hmm. where we can find you because people are going to watch this replay on Facebook. They're going to come later. Tell us where we can <laughs> find you. Somebody may want to connect with you. They may want to get in your group. How can we find you? How can somebody work with you if they wanted to? Because this is awesome. Well, the first place they can find me is Instagram. I basically live there. That was my that was my little cave until Clubhouse came along. So. <laughs> but Instagram at the Purposeful Educator. So that's at T H E, you know, Purposeful Educator. Um, and then you can also find me at um, or through my email address. That's Deborah at thepurposefuleducator.com. So those are the two best ways that you can connect with me and learn more about uh, how you can uh, be part of my community and also how I can help and support your journey as well, especially if you are looking to build a business of your own. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And she is one of the Clubhouse Queens. I will tell you guys that she gives <laughs> some great rooms in Clubhouse. So look for on uh, the Purpose School Educator on IG and uh, on a Clubhouse and like she said at her email. If you guys are interested in connecting with her because she has a great space and moving forward, I love uh, working with and talking to awesome entrepreneurs. I met her a few months. I was like, I like her style. I want to get her on my stream so that <laughs> we can hear her, her story and get some more people connected with you. So thank you so much. Okay. And I don't thank know, you. I don't know what time it is there. One day we were on, you were like, it's 11 at night. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, it's like four o'clock in Houston. But thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you for spending this time thank with you. us. And thank I wish you um, much success. And I, I pray that God thank will you. continue to bless your business, continue to, to bless the work of your hand, whatever you put your hand to, may it be prosper and success. And, and may continue to go on and um, fulfill your dreams. So thank you so Amen. much. And thank uh, you. Thank you for having thank you for, for having this little time with us. And I will see you like we say on those clubhouse streets, right? Yes. <laughs> thank you, so much. you have a great one. Thank you. You 